to talk today about one word. It is a word that nobody likes. It's a glorious word. You're going to be grateful that it applies to you, and we're going to try to live it out today. It comes from a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Rome, although it's a word that's found quite often in the Bible. But he's talking about all that God has done for us. This is in the eighth chapter of Romans. And he says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it's not to the flesh to live according to it. And, and that's the word obligation. We have an obligation. He says it's not to the flesh. Now, don't get too excited about the word flesh. It's much more boring than it sounds. It's just life apart from God, life on my own powers, life without a transcendent purpose or mission or agency. And Paul says we have an obligation, but it's not an obligation to that. We'll get to what it is an obligation to, but I just want to stop with that word obligation. Nobody wants to have an obligation. We live so that we cannot have an obligation. There was a movie called My Cousin Vinny, and uh, Vinny was played by Joe Pesci, who, by the way, is a wonderful actor with lots of charm and a very captivating presence. I like Joe Pesci a lot. And uh, at the end of the movie, he's won his first case as a lawyer, and he's talking to his fiancée, Marissa Torme, and um, she's the one that helped him uh, to win the case with her amazing automotive knowledge. And he's kind of chagrined by this. And she says, what's the matter? And he says, well, I wanted to win my first case by myself without anybody helping me. And then she gets this look of mock disgust and um, appall and says, oh, I just had this terrible thought. He said, what is it? She says, what if you go through your whole career as a lawyer and you keep winning cases, but somebody always helps you? Every time you win a case, it's because somebody helps you. So you have to keep going to people and saying, thank you for helping me. Oh, what a nightmare. That would be awful. Now, we don't want to live under obligation to other people. And it's interesting that one of the ways that we can say thank you, it sounds kind of old-fashioned in our day, is to say, much obliged. That is, I recognize that I am under an obligation to you. I am obliged by what you have done for me. Stephen Garber is a writer and a thinker. I got to meet him this last year in Portland. He's a very, very wise person. One of his books is called Visions of Vocation. And he has a quote in there from a woman named Louise Cowan who's writing about a biblical understanding of the world. And she says, at the heart of the biblical understanding is this notion of a God of the covenant. Therefore, we live in a history that makes sense, a move, movement forward in time of a man and woman side by side as partners, obligated through the very fact of their existence. Obligated through the very fact of their existence. And Steve Garber writes this, while each phrase is pregnant, full of meaning, it's the last one that holds the key. To be obligated requires that one know the reality of one's situation, of one's moment in time, in relation to God, to others, to the world. To be obligated, who wants to be obligated, means one understands one's responsibility one's accountability, and then acts upon it. To see it in contrast 
being obligated stands against the idea that we are autonomous, that we are able to make it up as we go along, doing whatever we want, whenever we want. Oh, how awful to have to say thank you to somebody, to be obligated, much obliged. It is not a new idea. In fact, it is as old as the first stories in the Hebrew Scripture of a man and a woman created able to respond and therefore responsible. In the tragedy of tragedies, they together determined that human happiness in history would be best served by choosing to go their own way. They knew what was right, but chose not to do what was right. It is their obligation, their responsibility, their accountability to God and to history that makes theological sense of the story of Genesis. Otherwise, it is on the level of a fairy tale. To exist is to be obligated, and that is a glorious truth. Now, when Paul is writing to the church at Rome, he says, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh. He doesn't say what we're obligated to, at least not there. We'll come back to that. Paul, and more importantly, Jesus, is now subverting the notion of humanity and obligation and generosity and gratitude. And this is why it is a very good thing for us to be obligated. To exist is to be obligated. We are responsible. We are accountable. We did not create our own lives. We didn't generate our own bodies. We are the recipients of immense goodness. All of creation is a gift to us. This day is a gift to us, and therefore we are obligated. Now, this is subverting the way things were in the ancient world that Paul faced when he was writing to the church at Rome. Uh, again, Peter Lightheart has written about this in a book called Gratitude, a wonderful book. And he says, in the ancient world, not just Rome, but generally, people existed in what might be thought of as the circle of reciprocity. This is kind of how the economy worked in the ancient world. And the idea was that there would be a donor, there would be some people that have lots and lots of wealth, lots and lots of resources, and then they would give a gift. And uh, there would be recipients, the poor, serfs, slaves, peasants, and so, who then would be indebted to the donor, and that was the circle of reciprocity. Another movie to explain this one, if you've ever seen The Godfather, at the beginning, a man comes and asks the Godfather for a favor for his desperate family. And the Godfather agrees to do it. But in exchange, he says, um, there may come a day, and that day may never come, when I will require your services, and then you will render them. Until that day, accept this as a gift on the day of the wedding of my daughter. Now, the way that the Godfather operated was he would do favors for people so that they were indebted in turn to him, and his power became that much greater. And in the ancient world, that was generally the idea. People of wealth, of great resources, would give gifts, money, food, so on, that made life possible for the poor. And then they were indebted to the great ones. They lived with a sense of obligation to them. Now, around about the Enlightenment, Steve Garber says, what happened was a real different idea came about because none of us really wants to live under a sense of obligation. I want to just be me. I don't want to be autonomous. I don't want to owe anybody to anything. I don't want to be accountable. I want to, don't want to be responsible. I don't want to have to say thank you. What a nightmare. Now, Paul has a different understanding. Um, he doesn't say in that eighth chapter, 
to whom or what we have an obligation. But he comes back to that word in Romans chapter 13. He says, let no debt, and he uses that same word, obligation remain outstanding, except the continual debt to love one another. Now, when he talks about not having any debt, he's not giving like financially prudent advice. Don't have a mortgage. Don't take a debt. Get out of debt as soon as possible. He is subverting the way that things ran in terms of economics and power in the ancient world because of what God has done in Jesus. He's saying now, instead of that old circle of reciprocity that reinforced the power and wealth of the people that were in charge and lorded it over others and made their lives about just accumulating more power and more wealth, he said, no, here's the way to understand things. There is a God who is a generous and giving God. And the ultimate expression of his generosity is in the cross where Jesus did for all of us what we could never do. Jesus gave a gift that we could never repay. And so our gratitude belongs to God. And when Paul talks about people, very often what he'll say is not so much um, thank you, but I give thanks to my God for you because all good gifts come from God and they come to us, whoever us is. And then God's intent is that we express our joy and gratitude and obligation, much obliged to God by in turn being generous to others, particularly to those who cannot repay. And that's why, for example, Jesus in John chapter uh, 13, I think it is, he washes the feet of his disciples. And then he says, I have set an example for you. I washed your feet so that you will. And then unlike the Godfather, he doesn't say, wash my feet. You will do me a favor. He says, you will do that for others. And you will do that for the least of these. Because when you do that for them... In some strange way, Jesus is present with them. God is the God who is the giver, and God is somehow present as we become generous and give gifts to people who could not pay us back. Jesus said to his disciples, freely you have received. This is not Godfather generosity. This does not come with strings attached. Life is no longer a quid pro quo. Jesus is turning upside down the way that everything worked in the ancient world. Power, money, freely you have received, therefore, free to give. We have an obligation. To exist is to be obligated. We are born obliged to our parents, to our teachers, to our world, to our society, to the earth, to the beauty around us, supremely, ultimately, fully to God. So today, let that be your expression. Much obliged. Throw it in every once in a while. People will think you've been watching a Western. Much obliged. And then live today with a sense of joyful obligation to God. God, thank you that you are a giving God. Would you help me to be generous to others as you have been generous to me? We have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh. It's not to my agenda, to my ego, to my little kingdom. It is to be a part of that great kingdom through which we receive life as we give it. Today, with your time, with your thoughts, with your words, with your resources, think right now, set your mind, how can I be generous? Make the day count. Thanks for watching this. I am much obliged. Thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. If you'd like to receive the daily emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me at gmail.com. 
Or if you want prayer, you can text us at 855-888-0444.